Namaste. One of the gifts or boons and one of the beans of the modern mind is that it believes that all is one, all is equal. It is a boon because it's a truth of the deep inner states. So much so that uh, Indian thought went on to declare to what extent all is one that speaking of the human being it said Oh man, thou art God, so hamasmi. It went on to that extent. It also said, Tattvamasi, you are that. So this is a great profound truth. Aham Brahmasmi. Sa Purusha Evascha. Man is created in the image of God. So there is a deep truth in it. But it's a bane because if we don't understand it, with everything it is true, if we don't understand it and have it rightly, then it can create a lot of confusion in the human mind as happened to Ravana who said, Aham Brahmasmi, I am God. Everybody is God. All are equal. Which is true at one level. But in manifestation, everything is stratified. Because in manifestation, manifestation is about bringing out all the infinity of God through matter as the conduit or vehicle. So, in a certain sense, it is true that all, even in the worm, there is God. Even in the clod, it doesn't limit to human beings only. Even in the clod, in a piece of stone, there is God. And that's why you could pick up a piece of, uh, or a you know lump of clay, knead it with the hands, put it, and pray to it as God and God manifests. This is the logic behind it. Which is not where modern thought goes. Modern thought says all are equal, meaning human beings. But human beings can kill animals with impunity. They are not equal. <laughs> so, it accepts stratification only as long as the human empire is not, uh, you know, doesn't come into question. And it, ex- it extends this equality of the deep inner truth illegitimately. On to even that divine consciousness. So when the divine takes a human birth, it subjects him to the same questioning intellect and says, you have to be like us, you have to behave like us. He becomes that, of course, the divine comes to become that. But it starts treating the divine become human with the same modern standards of what human beings should be. So this is what we see in the life of the great ones. We see in the life of Rama the avatar, whose birth today we um, celebrate in India is Ram Naomi. So it is on the ninth day of the Durga Navratri, Chaitra Navratri that Rama is born. So we often see modern mind trying to judge Rama to by its modern standards and say, look here, he is a, um, a dot dot dot. I don't want to put terms. But Let's look at Rama from another eye so that we can understand why Shurabindo has said. There is something very beautiful he has said about Rama and we can just read it. Plenty of things. You, you can read in Foundations of Indian Culture and you can read in Shurabindo's letters to Dilip. Dilip Maharaj questions, how can you say Rama is an avatar because of killing a Wali and this and that? But very beautifully, uh, Shubhinda says he fits into the scheme of avatars and this is from uh, 
one of his letters rama's figure has been stamped for more than 2 millenniums on the mind of indian culture this itself is not a joke i tell them leave aside what ravana what ramayana contains and how many types of ramayanas are there there are 25 versions of just sanskrit ramayana people are not aware people are not aware even that there is a ramayana based on sita's version how she saw rama how she saw ramayana adhyatma ramayana which gives us the mystic truth of uh, you know ramayana but people have read these things from you know um the liberal modern liberal um, you know what <laughs> highly painted uh, jingoistic ramayana and they based on that try to judge his personality rama in the dockyard so but let's see what one avatar has to say for another rama's figure has been stamped for more than 2 millenniums on the mind of indian culture it's not a joke for anyone to last even the greatest heroes after a couple of 100 years people begin to was there anybody like that was there really a personality like that but look at rama and krishna are stamped upon the mind of indian culture <clears throat> why there must be something and what he stood for has dominated the reason and idealizing mind of man in all countries right up to rome i i i, I mean this is a historical thing but people say that you know Uh, Rome. The name itself is based on Lord Rama. There are um, certain findings that love and Kush had gone all all around. You see Ramayana culture in Indonesia, Far East, many countries. You, you find it in Iran. So he he says that dominated the reason and idealizing mind of man in all countries, and in spite of the constant revolt of the human vital. What is revolting against this ideal? That it touches the core. is likely to continue to do so until a greater ideal arises so what is this revolt of the human ideal a human uh, vital there are people who revolt against the ideal of rama if you go to its core you will see the human vital revolts against even the possibility of such a human being see when we are growing up on one side we knew about mata sita we had no issue she is the divine mother respect and <laughs> till modern education taught us sita so there is a feminist um, this thing how can you know she be made to suffer she is abla sita is not abla if you look at sita through the lens even of valmiki's ramayana she is comes out as the strongest one of the in fact her character is even stronger than rama in many ways there are moments when sita cautions rama not to do a particular act like you know indiscriminate killing of the rakshasas Sita was physically also she was a warrior princess see you know those those olden time she is the one who could lift the rama's bow the the bow of shiva the only other person which ravana couldn't lift can we imagine that sita as a child could lift the bow of shiva and she couldn't have given black and blue to <laughs> beaten black and blue to ravana but this was the leela that the divine plays upon earth that sita you see when rama and sita part it happens several times and rama is full of vilapis uh, full of sorrow in his heart now i'm not talking of the mystic symbol and all that right now look at just the human figure here is a person whose wife has been kidnapped by the rakshasa the asura he doesn't know where she has vanished he is searching for her look at her his love when he comes to know that actually 
Ravana has taken her all the way to the south. This is what the uh, Kiskinda monkeys, monkey humanity, Vanara, they tell him that, you know, Jatayu first tells, I have seen with Ravana go all the way uh, to the south. Now, it is Ravana, but nobody knows. They, they are, those are days when you have to walk on foot and Rama cannot call the army from Ayodhya. Look at the greatness of the ideal. He cannot call. Why? Because he has left the kingdom. Look at this uh, beauty. He cannot call. Throughout that period while he is away from Sita, he is constantly, his mind is dwelling upon how to bring her back. How he is going to, what face he will show to everybody that here I was supposed to defend Sita. He is not blaming Sita one moment that is because of her. Look at the modern mind contrasted with the ideal of Rama. Rama never even, if you read the Ramayana, not once he says, See, you had drawn the line. See, she deserved it. Why did she go? She is the one who persuaded me to go behind the, you know, Maya Marik. Nothing. Can we imagine one modern man saying this? Not to blame the woman, but take it all on himself. Onus of responsibility is mine. Whatever it be, I was supposed to defend her. That's all he says. And with his bow and arrow and the army of monkey marches all the way to Lanka to meet, take the challenge of the Asura, the ten-headed Ravana who had enslaved the subtle forces, not just physical beings. Meghnad was Indrajit. You know, so Indra means the power that controls all the... That's why he had mastered his mind. Indra is the power of the mind raised to its acme. So he was Indrajit. He had tremendous powers right from the mind. Mind is fully under his control. That's why Indrajit was not easy uh, person to defeat because he was an extremely disciplined warrior. But he had put all his eggs in the wrong basket. <laughs> so it doesn't matter, but I'll defend the Ravana. So also Ravana himself, all the Navagrahas, the subtle power that governed destiny, he had enslaved them all. But again, put them at the service of the ego. Can we see a reflection of Certain aspects of modern civilization which master the energies of the mind, of the vital and the physical, but place it at the service of the human ego. That is Ravana. So he has done all this. Not easy to conquer. Rama, Lakshmana on foot with Hanuman and Angat and Sugriv. Three great warriors. Others are also there. But with this, they are going to fight a whole army. What does it speak about Rama as a character? We have a tendency to just look at one little aspect. Oh, he abandoned Sita. Look at Rama as a warrior. Here is a man with meager resources taking on an entire emperor. And to that extent that he doesn't call his own army. This is why in the Gita, Sri Krishna says, among the, uh, the Paurush, those who are chivalry and valor, I am Rama. Among the chivalrous and the valor, men of valor. So people say, why did he kill Bali from behind? Well, look at again how beautifully the story goes. Just imagine, Bali is after all with all his physical brute strength. After all, he is, you know, let's call it a brute human, human being. Vanara. What, did it, what would it, it have taken Rama to shoot him? Just an arrow. You think Bali could have stood before him? No way. So why all this thing was planned? Let's try to understand Rama's mind. Rama would not kill Bali by Adharma. People say this is Adharma. No, look at now Rama's logic. Rama would not just say, Bali, come, I am going to challenge you and kill. That is Adharma. 
That's not the way to do it. Wali has done no harm to Rama to start with. He can only kill him if there is a reason which is consistent with dharma. So what is what is the dharma part of it? Sugriva has come and taken shelter with Rama and he has extended a hand of friendship. Now Sugriva is his friend and he must defend him. So what does Rama do? He sends Sugriva to fight Wali. And there also he doesn't straight away okay it's not a stage fight huh you fight and I'll shoot an arrow and kill him. No. People often say that in the first fight he did not know because it went on very well. It Sugriva ran away. You have to reach that point where he seeks help of Rama. So you see that there is a point in the fight where Sugriva says, "Rama, where are you? <laughs> I am being beaten." He could have done it with one arrow right in the beginning, but Rama doesn't do that. That will be a dharma. Sugriva reaches a point. It also an indicator of the relation of human with the divine. Avatar comes to show. He is not doing miracles. That okay, you are face to face with a problem. I am going to vanish. You take the problem, take the challenge, grow through it to the extent you can grow. And when you say, "Lord, that's all. I have reached the acme of my effort," he will appear from behind the trees, and he will. The problem will vanish in as if it didn't exist. But here also there is a secret. See when Rama shoots the arrow from behind the seven trees. Now in dharma, you cannot, uh, you know, defeat. You know, equals have to fight. Wali is already has those magical powers, or you know, that kind of power that fear. Fear is a great. Some people use fear as an energy. You must have seen the Kashmir files. Why people wonder why these people couldn't fight? Because fear. Some people bring out the terror inside them, and it paralyzes people. So Wali had this strange capacity that anyone stood before him, he would draw a snatch half the energy. So you can't fight Wali in an equal fight. Yet you have to prove that you are equal. So what does Rama do? Just look at the whole story. Rama is not hiding behind the trees and just suddenly from between shooting an arrow. Read the story carefully. He shoots an arrow which pierces all the seven trees and then hits Wali. Why would he do it? there it is clear that rama is at least an equal to wali matching him in his prowess physically even it's not just an expertise try i mean obviously in modern race who can equal rama try shooting an arrow which goes you know these why palm trees of all the trees shooting through the palm trees and then hitting the person with such a force that he falls by man like wali so both ways he the dharma that when the friend is in need a friend indeed he is the dharma of friendship the dharma war it is not like and finally the modern people who speak about wali they must have seen elsi kargil so just imagine we all talk take the name of vikram batra and people who climbed the incline and it's a beautiful movie made on that it's a true story and these pakistani soldiers in disguise they were lying in sleeping they had already captured the whole place now imagine after all this if the media reported indian soldiers did a very unfair thing the pakistani soldiers were sleeping and they climbed from this side without their being aware and they fought and <laughs> destroyed the bunkers you laugh you'll say man this is war this is the dharma of war <laughs> they have occupied a territory 
that you don't want to blame but here because they have climbed the incline fortunately nobody said because people understand the dharma war so look at it <laughs> but <laughs> vedrama <laughs> why did he shoot it like that this is the dharma war so when bali asked rama why have you done a dharma rama says exactly the same thing he says bali all your life you have lived with a dharma today suddenly you remember dharma when you are in the docks and then he explains the subtle sense of dharma dharma is not is not about do's and don'ts and right and wrong like the human mind would conceive dharma is all that leads the individual and the collective mankind towards the divine or a greater becoming and the dharma is all that takes him away from him wali was a dharma because in his land kishkinda it was might is right the only person who could have defeated wali who didn't was hanuman because hanuman was not interested he had, he had no ambition that's why he could become the servant of the divine but he did not so wali's land it was might is right even if my brother i defeat him whoever this brute law had to be replaced by the law of illumined mind so among the animal kind rama brought what we have read here illumined satvik mind it's worth reading you know ramayana has to be taken in totality not pick up why did he kill wali most of the people have not even read the ramayana they don't even know the episode and they talk about it what about sita's banishment oh agni pariksha we forgot about it <laughs> so ramayana is so symbolic at many levels it operates so there comes the symbol before sita is taken up by uh ravana she and rama says time has come for us to now play out the leela so she gives her strength to agni she says now i'll put my chaya meaning thereby she is now playing the game according to the rules of the game on earth see this reveals to us the ways of divine working when people asked mother why sure in the why doesn't she do arbitrary miracles she says no partly she is above and partly she veils herself and enters into the ignorance of the earth nature where the asuras and not exact word paraphrasing asuras and rakshasas have to be conquered in their own domain according to the law of earth nature as it has evolved so far it was very easy for mother and shubhendra to do arbitrary miracles but that's not the way so avatar comes to take humanity along the laws of earth nature that have developed so far so that there is a continuity in evolution so that continuity is maintained so after the whole thing the stamp of but even there sita abla sita look at her love for rama here is sita who is the lure of none else but ravana <clears throat> you see why people don't like rama and sita not i am not talking about bhaktas because look at what sita stands for here is the man with all the three worlds at his mercy conqueror of the three worlds here is rama poor fellow has lost even his kingdom and sita is given a choice by ravana why are you running after that vanvasi fellow he couldn't even keep his kingdom come with me i'll give you all the luxuries of the world i am an nri not only nri i have bought america and middle east and europe is in my grips all the oil economy i control all the nuclear weapons and tactical weapons are at my disposal won't you be my queen and empress what does sita say ravana step not before this blade of grass if you do it you will be destroyed what a power 
That's why Sita is disliked by many modern women. Why? Because when Sri Aurobindo portrays the character of Sita in Savitri, you see, when we are growing up, we were told Sita and Savitri. So when Savitri is told, your husband, you are chosen, is a very nice person, but he's going to die after one year. Savitri says, once my heart has chosen, it chooses not again. Mind you, Satyavan doesn't say that. Only a woman has this inner strength to say that. Once my heart has chosen, it chooses not again. Whatever it be, I stand by my choice. Sita says something very similar but in a different context, a different word. Whatever it be, but I stand by Rama. Is it the sign of a weak woman which we paint? Then when she comes to give Agni Pariksha, she is so sure that this fire cannot burn me. Leave aside the symbol of it that in Ramayana runs on many levels. Like all myth, Ramayana is full of mythological characters. So Asura is usurped the earth nature and earth nature must pass through the purifying flame. It's a different story. Obviously, mortal body will be, uh, you know, when you put it through the test of fire, it will burn. But Sita is so sure of herself. She comes through the flame and through the flame as she walks, she comes back to her original form. So that was the story of Sita being given to Agni. This is the mystic profound truth. So for the sake of Leela, she has veiled herself and now she has removed the veil. What about the parting? See, if you read through the Ramayana, Rama after that never recovers back his normal Rama self. He goes through intense vilap and he goes through such kind of inner state that ultimately uh, Rishi Vasish has to you know, handle because he is going through a lot of grief inside. Because he is torn between two dharmas. Dharma is a husband. He must protect Sita. Dharma is a king. He must conform to the law of the land, however absurd it is, until he changes it. So one person with a absolutely left liberal thought, why didn't he change it right then? Yes, modern politicians will do it. Change it to convenience to suit their own kin, not Rama. Rama would sacrifice personal happiness. Then change the law of the land for Sita's convenience. See, this was the high Aryan ideals. Very difficult to understand by the modern mind which has no ideals except some thoughts brewing up here. So Rama and Sita, Sita goes into one. The mystic symbol again is that earth nature, purified earth nature must still develop in the ashramas. That's a different story before the complete meeting of divine soul and material nature because she is born from the earth. So that the story is running parallel. There is a mystic side of the story. It's an evolutionary tale of monkey type evolving into illumined, rash, reasoned humanity. So Rama's reason is very different. He says that, yes, I know. That's why Rama could never have the heart to tell Sita, you go away. He is so much tone inside. So he tells Lakshman, please do it for me. I don't have the heart. I will break down. But anyways, Sita goes. But now look again. But for this episode, this whole story would have been Rama-centric. Now the story takes a turn. What is the turn? The story changes into Sita-centric story. Sita is not shown as a weak woman. She is abandoned, so to say, by the king who for the fulfillment of the 
greater dharma of the kingdom abandons her but sita doesn't carry bitterness she understand that he has not done it out of hatred rancor he has not done it ki okay you are uh, i believe that you are uh, you know soiled or spoiled he knows everything that's the beauty and yet sita says i don't need a man if i want to put a normal i will bring up my children by myself i don't need to go to court to file divorce suits she doesn't even go to claim the kingdom as shakuntala does she brings them up and what wonderful warriors love and kush become and beautiful human beings they have no trace of hatred or bitterness against their father now if with this background he put rama in the court of human law today aapki adalat where will he stand he will stand so high far above even modern humanity that we will say sir we are incapable of judging you maybe make us a little bit like you then perhaps we may think of going further to the still greater avatar krishna and still further sure bindu